thank you for uh, for coming out here, and uh, we're excited. Thank you for uh, Jorge and Michelle coming out and uh, supporting us here as our as our uh, as Jason's over in Rancho today. So we're great. We're helping them, and they're helping us. So we're grateful to have you guys here. And he brought the family this time, both of you guys. So uh, our kids' kingdom is excited to have all you guys back there too. Uh, and uh, it's just great that we get to work together and uh, be a part of the team here in uh, our family of churches here in Riverside, Rancho, and, and the desert. And um, I just, uh, I know next time uh, Jason preaches here in a couple weeks, and I was talking to Donald and Paige, they're going to be doing the, the worship next in two weeks from now. Uh, so... Um, I love Donald. He's like, oh, yeah, we got this. We got this. No problem. He might go home and freak out, but he's like, we got this. No problem. Uh, so thank you for, for their hearts, too. So we're, we've been uh, going through the book of Mark, and I know we kind of fast-forwarded about five or six chapters uh, as we're going uh, closing in on Easter here. We're really having a lot of our sermons uh, focused on the cross and, and kind of that last time in Jesus' Uh, ministry there, and I love Mark's gospel because it says that he teaches a lot, but he it doesn't actually say what he taught because everybody that was they were writing to already knew what he taught. So it's maybe like us, right? They were Christians like 20 years, 10 years, 30 years. They knew all about the teaching, but they needed to be reminded. Amen. And so that's why I feel like this book is perfect uh, for us to be reminded uh, not just to know the story, but to be able to live it out uh, in our lives. And Jesus, the Son of God, and all that his character was, he came to give us this cross-shaped road to walk along. And we're going to be looking about that a little bit today. Uh, and so I'm excited. It's, it's, uh, it, it's a bit of a challenging message from Jesus today. I'll just kind of give you a heads up there. I've been challenged with it all week, so I'm going to kind of pass that on to you, <laughs> uh, as, as should be. Uh, but before we get to that, I wanted to uh, just let you guys know, a lot of times we show pictures after our off-roading weekend, which is this coming weekend, and everybody's like, oh, you should tell us next year. I want to go do that. So I'm giving you a week notice. Uh, we're, we're going next week. Uh, with Darren and a lot, some of the guys from Orange County, some of the guys from Rancho. I don't think we've had anybody from Riverside join us quite yet, but maybe this will be the um, first year. And if you want to just come out on Saturday, some people just come out for the day. It's about an hour away. And uh, if you don't like dust, it's not your thing. So just to help you out, if if that if that if you're even tempted, if you don't like dust, just don't worry about it, right? You're gonna you're gonna bring us all down. Um, and the, one of the one of the cool things, uh, you know, you can't really see the picture didn't come out too good, but Connor's driving uh, his Bronco there. He learned he got his license at 16 in like three days, and like two days later he was out there driving on the in Acatillo and all these hills and everything. So that's that's where you learn how to drive uh, drive out there. So well, I thought he was a good driver until last year when he flipped his Jeep uh, in Georgia. So he's okay, but I was, you know maybe we take too much pride in how good at driving we are. Uh, but anyway, it made me think just how much uh, you guys have really poured into my son and just my kids and just the mentor 
the mentors that he had in here and all the meals and all the coffees and all the times joking around. And, you know, Evan even pulled him over for a joke like three or four times probably while he was working out here and because uh, he uh, works for the sheriff's department. And he would pull up behind Connor and kind of get all freaked out and be like, oh, oh, it's you. <laughs> oh, man. Love it. I, would, I loved love it. it. He, I told him he has free reign to do that anytime he wants with that. So. Um, but just, it just made me realize that as we're going forward as a church, that one thing that we really have is we have some amazing people here. And, you know, we may not have our team ministries gone through some interesting times here, but we, we can still mentor our kids, right? Preteens, we can still get together, have coffee, hang out, and be the, the big brothers, be the uncles, be the aunts. And so it just reminded me, you know, instead of thinking about what we don't have, we need to invest in what we do have. Amen. And we do have some amazing kids, that, and we have a number of them. And I don't know how many of them have mentors, but we need to kind of like step up with that as a church. And I want to do that too, but I'm really calling all of us to, to look around and, and, and look at how, how can I make a difference in somebody's life. And maybe you don't feel like they would look up to you or, hey, I'm just, you know, it's just little old me, right? Why would they want to hang out with me? They want to hang out with you. You know, uh, you don't have to have it all together, but just really to be a friend and and to care and and everything. So I just want to throw that out there uh, so you can be praying about that, because that's something that really hit me um, as I was thinking about this. And, you know, before I get started, one more thing, I just want to keep. We try to keep you guys updated on what's going on in the region a little bit. I'm going to have a little bit of time to do that now. You know, we've been praying and fasting once a month, really, for, for the whole region, but for Rancho to find a minister, for our contribution, for just spiritual health in general, and really that God will lead us. You know, that we don't want to come up with all of our plans. We want to go with God's plan. And um, so I want to just, you know, you know, the Moyas and Yesters have been really involved with a lot of this. But last month we had like three different meetings with different leaders in Rancho and all kinds of people uh, talking about it. When we had the regional service in Riverside, we met with all the core leaders from all three different churches and just throwing out ideas and, and, and prayer requests and thoughts, and, you know, we have like 11 different options right now of what to do in this situation. So it's a little overwhelming, but we know that God's got it under control, and there's nothing really to share. There's no real conclusions at this point, but I just want to kind of let you know that we're doing our due diligence, that we're looking for God uh, to um, lead us, you know, through this time. And uh, it's amazing just to have so many people speaking into it. There's like 50 different people that have spoken into this issue. And it's just good that we have, that's big for us, right? We, instead of just a few people deciding what happens, we're opening it up and listening. And it's a little clunky, but it's amazing to get all the different ideas. And one of the suggestions, just to give you a little heads up here, is that we're thinking maybe in, when we do special this year that we'll try to raise even more for the next couple of years to really be able to afford a minister in Rancho. And, I, you know, I think just to put it on your radar that we're really trying to stand together 
and, and not uh, leave them hanging. They have their married ministry has no minister right now. And so uh, we're praying that everybody keeps it together and we're helping out uh, as much as we can. That's why Jason's not here. But uh, just want to kind of fill you in and uh, let you know what's going on for your prayers uh, as we go forward. So let's say a prayer. I'm going to pray for Beverly, too, who uh, was admitted to the hospital this week with some stroke-like symptoms. They didn't really find out anything in specific, but just to keep her in our prayers, too. So uh, Let's pray. God, thank you for this time. Uh, we do uh, just continue to uh, just express our gratitude for all you've done for us. Uh, even as Steve read in the beginning, God, that you lifted us out of the pit, that you uh, guided us, that we're here to exalt you. And I just pray you be with uh, Beverly right now as she's uh, recovering, that you can help him to find out what's wrong and how to help. And most of all, that you will heal her, God, and you'll bring healing to her. Be with the rest of our, our time here, that you open up our eyes and ears, that we can hear your voice. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So turn over to Mark chapter 8. And we're going to start reading in verse 27. All right. It says, Jesus and his disciples went on to the villages around Caesarea Philippi. On the way, he asked them, who do people say I am? They replied, some say John the Baptist, others Elijah, and still others one of the prophets. But what about you, he asked. Who do you say I am? Peter answered, you are the Messiah. Jesus warned them not to tell anyone about him. And this is the second time that it happens in the book there. People are wondering, who is Jesus earlier? And now Jesus is asking his closest friends, who do do people say I am? But not only that, what do you think? Where are you at? And they always say the same thing. John the Baptist, Elijah, or one of the prophets. And if you go back and you read about these men, they were powerful prophets. Elijah took on like 850 prophets and and called everyone back to God. And John the Baptist, too. He had a very pointed message calling people to repentance and change and coming back to, to the way God intended. And so that was the company that Jesus was in, that he was calling people back to God. And the question remains, even for us today, who do we say? Who do I say that he is? When you look in Mark, he's known by some as a blasphemer. He's known as some who takes the name of the Lord's name in vain, claiming to be God's son. He's known by others as a sin forgiver and a healer, as a friend of sinners, as Lord of the Sabbath, as the, the end of the law, the, 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 com, the uh, completion of the law. He's known as the wave stopper, the purger of evil and demons. And even in his hometown, he's known as a nobody. He's known as a commoner. Herod thought he was maybe John the Baptist raised from the dead. He provided food for thousands. He, gave, he came to go beyond the religious rules to the heart of following God. Some people demanded a sign. 
And Peter here, he gets it right. He says, you're the Christ. You're the Messiah. You're the one we've been waiting for. You know, Jesus does everything. He, everything Jesus does is for a reason. Just before that, he heals a blind man. Before that, he hears, heals someone that can't speak, who can't hear. And he's basically given them the message, like, even though you hear, do you really hear? Even though you see, are you still blind? And so many people continue to be blind in Jesus' time. And even Peter, he sees him for who he is, but he doesn't really understand what that means. He gets the right answer, but the wrong direction. And that's a good warning for us. Right? We... Who is Jesus? I mean, we got that covered, right? If that's the final exam, we're all going to get 100%. Right? He's our Lord. He's our Savior. He's the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords. Right? Not so easy. But he continues on here in verse 31. He says, He began to teach them, The Son of Man must suffer many things and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the teachers of the law. And that he must be killed and after three days rise again. He spoke plainly about this and Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. But when Jesus turned and looked at his disciples, he rebuked Peter. Get behind me, Satan, he said. You do not have in mind the concerns of God, but merely human concerns. This has got to be one of the most challenging things that Jesus says. And he says it to his best friend. I mean, Satan? That's a big... That's bad. That's bad. I don't know what he did, but man, that was not good. You know, Jesus was finally speaking plainly. No more parables. And yet Peter, you know, I appreciate how he was so comfortable with Jesus. Can you imagine pulling Jesus aside after one of his talks and being like, Jesus, I got to tell you, man, you were way off. That was, I can't believe you said that. That was a really bad thing to say. But he felt that comfortable with Jesus. I mean, I'd be scared. Like, I'm not saying anything. But Jesus told them that you have the wrong things in mind. What you're looking for is not what I'm coming to give. You know, the other times that Jesus brings this up, in chapter 9, he says the same thing, and they start arguing, who's the greatest? Okay, Jesus isn't going to be here, so who's going to take his place? Me, no me. You know, they still didn't understand. They thought it was about a position or about being in charge. But Jesus is like, no, I'm, I'm in charge, but that's not the way I'm going in this life. When he, the third time in chapter 10, the two brothers, James and John, the same thing. I want to be on your right. I want to be on your left. I want to be number one. I want to be number two. Jesus is like, no, he, he, that cup's not for me to give. You know, they wanted Jesus to come in and be the king. 
the emperor, the chief, and blow everybody else away and bring this new rule and bring God's kingdom to earth and take over. He's like, no, I, I, that's not the war I'm fighting. He was fighting a, a, a spiritual war. He was said he, in Ephesians it says he was fighting the spiritual authorities in the heavenly realms and the powers of this dark world, the spiritual forces of evil. That he knew that he needed to go to the cross, but he was the only one that wanted to go there. And they misunderstood, and even now we can misunderstand. We want Jesus to come down and take over. Or maybe more so, we want to take over. We want to go the way, you know, we've been trained in the cross, but we've also been trained in the world. Right? We, we know what it means to dominate, and we know what it means to exert ourselves, and we know what it means to manipulate and get our way, and that's what they were doing. And Jesus is like, no, that's not the way. We all have that opportunity, that choice, to follow the ways of God rather than our human concerns. That's very challenging to think about. How am I trying to live my life as a disciple? And how am I humbling myself? How am I taking the way of the Beatitudes? How am I being a peacemaker? Or am I trying to be in control? Exert my power, my authority, my influence, whatever. Yeah, Jesus set us an amazing example. But he also said that he was going to rise on the third day. That it wasn't that he was just going to lay his life down forever. That he was going to come back. That he was going to give them hope. That he was going to rise again as an example to all of us. You know, he didn't just lay down just to lay down, but he laid down for us. He laid down to save us. He laid down to give us hope. I don't think I read the last one yet. He said, then he called the crowd went to him along with the disciples and said, whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it. But whoever loses their life for me and for the gospel will save it. What good is it for someone to gain the whole world and yet forfeit their soul? Or what can anyone give in exchange for their soul? If anyone is ashamed of me and my words, in this adulterous and sinful generation, the Son of Man will be ashamed of them when he comes in his Father's glory and with the holy angels. And he said to them, Truly, I tell you, some who are standing here will not taste death before they see the kingdom of God come with power. Jesus brings everyone in and says, hey, I want to tell you something about what I just said to my disciples. That he is calling all of us to follow his example. To follow, to not try to dominate and compete and perform and war against others and manipulate and control, but to take up 
our cross. To take up His Spirit, to have His Spirit, to deny ourselves, not because we are in, not because we have no value, but because we are valuable. You know, we see people in the world, they take the humble route. Why? Because they feel inferior. They feel less than. Jesus wasn't less than. I mean, he came from heaven. He chose that because he was so valuable and because others like us needed it. You know, we were at a dinner here at St. John's uh, a couple weeks ago. And one of the ladies we were sitting with in the middle of the dinner Rhonda was there, and she just said, you know what I'm doing for Lent? And we're like, no, what are you doing? What are you giving up? And she says, I'm giving up judgment. And we were floored. She's like an older woman, mature lady. And and then she kept going. She's like, you know what? I, I am so judgmental. We're like, okay. Then she kept going. She's like, I do it all the time. Every single day. I'm judging people right and left. And we're just like, wow. She doesn't even know us. She's just like putting her soul out there. I was like, you know what? That's probably good for all of us to do. That'd probably be good for us to give up even more than just till Easter, but maybe forever. (laughs) You know, I've been uh, reading Proverbs every day this year. One chapter for that very reason. Because I noticed last year I was saying some stupid stuff. Maybe not up here, maybe not on Sundays, but in private conversations, I'd be like, why, why did I do that? Did I have to say that? Did I have to say that about that person? Did I have to make my opinion out there? And just reading through Proverbs and talking about overlooking an offense. How love covers that up. And self-control. And probably one of my favorites, it says, even the fool is thought wise if he keeps silent. (laughs) You know, there's a lot of things we could learn that go along with what she had to say, and I need to learn that. You know, that's what it means for me to carry my cross. It doesn't matter. I don't have to have a comment for every single thing. I don't have to proclaim every single thing I think wrong. That's not my job. I have to speak the truth in love, but that my job isn't to comment on every single issue. Not that anybody even cares what I'm going to say anyway. And that would be a great way for us to demonstrate our faith as we go forward as a community, as a church, as a, as a community. That we can demonstrate our love, that not emphasizing us and them Just following our conscience and being guided by the cross. Being curious, not defensive. You know, it was interesting. um, I was at Rhonda's school. Rhonda come up twice today. She has a Bible talk over there, and it was my turn to go. And I got some pizza, and I went, I was walking through the school, and it was, it's like going through a middle school with pizza, man, you're like the most popular person on the planet. I mean, everybody was running up to me. Literally, there was like 30 people standing around after I got like 20 yards. 
And so I said, hey, come, if you want some pizza, you gotta to come to the Christian club, and if you come and get the pizza, you can't just grab a slice, you gotta actually stay for the meeting, right? So I know how it all works. People grab and go. Um, but it was interesting, I got in there, and, and, you know, there was some of the staff was there, and first thing that some people started saying is like, are you, where do those guys come from? How come they're here? They're not part of our, club and I'm just I'm just like hey I don't know whatever you want to do I'm just here to uh do the clubs for today you know I'm a one I'm a one timer I don't I don't have any say here but it was interesting that that was that can be our human response like what what are they doing here they're not they're not part of our club they're they're different they're, they're you know they're not they don't love Jesus I mean they're off doing their own thing you know and it was amazing um, afterwards, I talked to one of those kids that wasn't supposed to be there. <laughs> and, uh, and he just started sharing with me. He started opening up. He's like, you know, I got five sisters. And he started going through them all. He's like, I have the same mom with this one. And I have the same dad with this one and different mom with that one. And I got two brothers and I got different. And no, none of the seven kids had two of the same parents. And I was there talking about Jesus and talking about our family and talking about marriage and talking about you can have a different life. And I'm just thinking, man, you don't have to be that way. That doesn't have to be your family. But, man, imagine if he wasn't allowed to come. That Man, we miss out on so much. And I don't even know his name. I don't know if I'm even going to see him again. I'm praying for him this Random person. I got to go back and find this guy. But just made me think, man, we need to be pulling people together so they can see Jesus. We need to be sharing our story with people that we come across so they can have hope. So they can feel like we're safe. I can tell, they can tell us what's really going on and what's on their mind and heart. So, amen. Uh, let's uh, let's follow Jesus' example in taking up our cross daily with that hope that we're bringing light to the world. Amen. With the hope for the future that we're not going to, our life doesn't end when we die. That it just begins. And Jesus calls the world, he says here pretty strongly, he says, uh, don't be ashamed of my words in this adulterous and sinful generation. There's a lot of, it's a dark place, right? We live in a world that needs a lot of help. Amen. We, we need prayers. We are, we're at a, uh, I don't know if it's a crossroad, but we're always at a crossroad. And I believe that uh, carrying our cross, that's our job. Amen. That's our role. That's how we, how do we diffuse things? How do we bring love? We, we carry our cross and we bring love to people. We, we begin with humility because we know that there's a full power of God's kingdom that's coming. I love that line where he says, uh, you will see the Father, you'll see Jesus come back in the Father's glory and with the holy angels. Can you imagine that? We, we think we know Jesus now. We think we have this vision of him. Man, we're not even going to, we're going to be floored. With the 
when he comes back with the angels, we're going to be so humbled. We're going to be in awe that that's the kind of power that he's got. And he said that some of them would see that. They would see his resurrected body as hope for them. You know, let's keep that hope. Let's trust God because we know he's on our side. He's with us. He's living inside of us. Don't lose your faith. Don't lose, if, if one thing you do, that's our job too. Don't lose your faith. Amen. Don't make God small. Don't see the, all the negative out there. Remember, we started that already. We said that. He's the, he's the healer. He's the provider. He's the miracle worker. He's the one that brings people together. He's the forgiveness person. That, that's who we need. That's, who, that's what the cross is. That's what he's called us to be. And I'm excited that we get to see his miracles in this world. As we take our communion and think about his words and think about his call. Think about the two paths that are in front of you. You have the path that goes to the cross of humility, of sacrifice and self-denial and Miracles and resurrection. And you have this other path. And it's, it's your path. It's what you want. It's where you want to go. It's how you want to get there. It's the easiest path, probably. The path of power, manipulation, control, wars, battles. And as we take communion, let's... Take the path that Jesus set before us. Let's choose to follow his example. And let's remember his resurrection. Amen. Let's pray. Father, we thank you uh, for Jesus, God. We thank you that you uh, have given us these opportunities to know you. Thank you that you showed yourself to us. Uh, Please forgive us for the times that we don't see you for who you really are. For the times that we feel like our way is best. For the times that we put you to the side. And uh, even for the times that we're like Peter, where we, we rebuke you. And God, I, pr- I thank you that you call us back to self-denial and cross-living and true love and true faith. Thank you for Jesus who laid down his life for us, who broke his body, allowed his body to be broken and his blood to be shed so that we can have forgiveness, that we can have hope, that we can have an example and we can have a way to live and find you in this world and in the world to come. We love you. We pray in Jesus' name.